0: Hello and welcome to the Business Standard Morning Show. I'm Kanishka Gupta. It's the 29th of January, 2024, and here are the questions we will be answering today. Can Gen. AI save by Jews? Will there be a special package for rural India in interim budget? Will the market see a pre-budget rally? And, what is PM Suryoday Yojana? Baiju's, it seems, has been reduced to a pale shadow of its former self. Once the world's most valuable education tech firm, it is now mired in a host of financial and legal troubles. Its just-released but-delayed financial statement for fiscal year 2021-22 paints a grim picture. Losses had more than doubled in the pandemic hit year, a period which was considered the best for edtech platforms. The firm is now focusing on Gen AI to lift its fortunes. Will it help? Abhijit Kumar finds out.
1: From 305 crore rupees in FY 2019 20, the losses of Byju's had mounted to 8,245 crore rupees in FY 2021 22 the year when platforms offering online education saw a turnaround in fortunes. Another edtech platform, Physicswala, posted a 15 times jump in profits for the same period. The auditor, which cleared the financial statement, reportedly said in observation that Baiju's faces material uncertainty, and it also cast doubt on the firm's ability to continue. The firm, which had once roped in Shahrukh Khan and Lionel Messi as brand ambassadors, is now looking for a savior. It is planning to raise more than $100 million from existing stakeholders at a discount of over 90% from its previous valuation of $22 billion. It has brought down the valuation of the company to under $2 billion. As per reports, Nitin Golani, the CFO of Baiju's, admitted to the underperformance of the company's acquisitions, White Hat Jr. and Osmo. These two acquisitions accounted for nearly 45% of the losses. But there are some positives too. Ranjan Pai of Manipal Education and Medical Group is reportedly picking up a 40% stake in Baiju's subsidiary Akash. The company's consolidated revenue has more than doubled to 5,015 crore rupees in FY22 from 2,280 crore rupees the year before. And the company has been trying to find a saviour in Generative Artificial Intelligence, too. It had last year announced the introduction of Generative Artificial Intelligence in its learning modules. The company introduced three AI models under Baiju's WIS Suite, Badri, Math GPT and Teacher GPT to understand students' learning patterns and create methods on its own to help them learn better. Experts believe that the advantages of incorporating gen ai into edtech are numerous it enables hyper personalized learning allowing students to progress at their own pace gen ai can create interactive and immersive learning experiences making education more enjoyable for students
2: edtech is very content heavy uh, sector right uh, where uh, content quality uh, is very uh, like really matters to the student so uh, we can leverage Gen AI to produce, uh, like very personalized and engaging content. We can, uh, reduce the significant, uh, time of content creation with the help of Gen AI. Enabling our teachers and students, right. To, you know, offload their, some of the work so that teacher can focus on more of a personalized learning to, to the students. So we can build a, uh, great, uh, doubt engine system where Gen AI is being leveraged to answer all the doubts. That's where we are saving both teachers' time and the cost of hiring more SMEs and teachers for the next set of doubts.
1: As per research agency marketresearch.biz, the size of Gen AI in the global education sector is estimated to cross nearly $5.5 billion by 2032, with a compounded annual growth rate of 39.9%. Experts believe that GenAI presents a big opportunity for a fresh infusion of life into the dwindling EdTech giant. However, the integration of GenAI into EdTech is not without its challenges. Currently operating in the grey zone of regulation, regulatory concerns on GenAI regarding data privacy and security may dim the hope.
3: It's actually operating in a regulatory vacuum throws up a big challenge in terms of uh, both uh, balancing privacy b- uh, issues uh, uh, ai biases also um, uh, you know ensuring accuracy of the content the most important aspect uh, is uh, for byju's to develop its own uh, uh, model where uh, they uh, have uh, responsible ai principles in place while uh, using generative ai if they are able to implement uh, Uh, such, uh, um, you know, responsible AI principles uh, effectively in each of these uh, um, programs. I think uh, they should be able to manage uh, uh, privacy and ethics concerns to a certain extent.
1: The use of AI in education requires careful handling of sensitive student information, raising questions about who has access to this data and how it is safeguarded. And given Baiju's not-so-impressive record on internal governance, it will have to put in extra efforts to make things right. Scores of parents have alleged harassment and in some cases threats by Baiju's representatives. The company, however, has denied these charges. So, will Gen AI be able to breathe fresh life into Baiju's?
4: It's just humbug, according to me, because at the end of the day, this is just throwing another uh, thing out there for media to grapple it. or it's an untested business, I would say imperative. Today, if anything, the Gen AI engineers, so to say, are the costliest guys. If I try to hire a Gen AI uh, skill set on the street, uh, the, those people will be the costliest uh, people in the whole world. It's not clear as to how businesses, be it Baidu's, be it any large company also, how they will use uh, GenAI. Uh, there are pockets of course people are using for example in customer service uh, in uh, uh, sort of handling customer queries in uh, sort of uh, booking engines etc there are pockets uh, where businesses have started using genai it is just at the infancy
1: the intersection of artificial intelligence and education may open new possibilities for the struggling edtech giant but it also demands careful consideration of ethical and regulatory implications However, experts believe that with the already existing gaping holes in Baiju's governance and handling of finances, the introduction of Gen AI may be a little too much, too late.
0: Byju's was once the poster boy of Indian startups, while some of its actions have knocked it off from the high pedestal. The country's overall startup ecosystem continues to flourish. Well, in the next five years, it is expected to contribute close to 5% to the country's GDP. Speaking of the economy, the government has all set to table an interim budget on February 1st. In the fourth episode of Business Standards Interim Budget Series, Bhaskar Kumar Explores, if Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman will try to lift the rural economy by offering SOPs. Let's listen in.
5: The Interim Budget 2024-25, slated for announcement on February 1, will likely see the central government focus on issues close to rural India's heart. The government may unveil targeted measures that would make up a special package aimed at the agricultural and non-agricultural rural sectors.
4: There is no gainsaying that uh, the budget uh, will will focus on rural India. Uh, After all, uh, that's where the real India still is uh, and the concerns uh, of uh, rural India will also help address the concerns of urban India. Uh, if you have a uh, 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 rural india uh, that is uh, growing at a sustainably high level then it also helps urban india in uh, in, in 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 ensuring uh, the growth An easy example is the fmcg sector the fmcg sector does well when rural indias incomes rise so i think the government is acutely conscious of this and therefore the interim budget will make sure Uh, that rural India's concerns are met so that the urban India's goals are also achieved.
5: With 34% of its market in rural areas, India's FMCG sector is a good indicator of rural economic health. At the Confederation of Indian Industries FMCG Summit in December, managements of various fast-moving consumer goods companies had said that urban demand continued to grow, while rural demand remained under pressure because incomes were under stress in rural areas. Additionally, the agriculture sector is projected to see a 1.8% growth in FY24, marking a 7-year low. The reasons are poor Kharif harvest and weak initial sowing of Rabi crops. These findings are from the first advance estimates of national income released by the NSO in January. The government is likely to be conscious of these factors ahead of the general elections. For example, the government could reportedly increase the allocation per farmer under the Pradhan Mantri Kisan Samman Nidhi Yojana or PM Kisan scheme. The allocation could increase from 6,000 rupees annually to 8,000 rupees. Against this backdrop, business standards Sanjeev Mukherjee highlights the measures that the government could reportedly take for the benefit of rural India.
2: There is a lot of talk that rural India government might look at for the special package, both from the point of view of agriculture, as well as for the overall rural economy, in the non-agriculture sectors as well. So there are reports which are saying that in case of agriculture, the, the installments or the disbursals in the PM Kisan might be increased from the current 6,000 to maybe 8,000 or maybe 7,500 half, half, uh, 7, per year. But it can also be, there are some reports which are saying that the not the entire PMKistan will be uh, increased, but only the two, two and a half crore women farmers who are under PMKistan, they will get an extra uh, installment of 2,000 rupees per month. Now, there are also, uh, people are saying that in case of Manrega, instead of the 60, 65,000 crores that the government annually allocates, they might increase it to almost 90,000 crore upfront. front. They, they usually do it 90,000 crore over the period of time, but they might do it upfront today. This time around, because it might push in more money into the rural economy. However, such
5: measures have their attendant challenges. Let's start with the possibility of the government increasing the allocation per farmer under the PM Kisan scheme.
2: Increasing the PM Kisan suddenly for another 2,000 rupees or 3,000 rupees from the current 6,000 rupees does not seem to me a very feasible idea overall when the government is looking at cutting down on uh, their their fiscal expenditure because the if you increase it by 3000 rupees it becomes a permanent expenditure which has become pm kisan has become so it's a permanent drag on your budget for 60 65000 crores rupees every year without not much coming out of it in terms of it is electorally or politically much more prudent but it doesn't come out in terms of any economic sense but i don't know whether it is a, it is an election year where much of the economic sense takes a back seat so there can be an increase in uh, uh, PM Kasan but that can only be limited, maybe limited to only the women farmers, because overall the government is trying to cater to the women constituency much more aggressively than it has done in the past. And that the election results recently in the states have shown that it is a woman who have come out very aggressively and very enthusiastically and voted back the BGP governments or voted the BJP governments in, in Rajasthan and Chhattisgarh as well as in Madhya Pradesh. So this is the constituency which they have cultivated over a period of time.
5: Now, let's address the option involving the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Act, or MGNREGA.
2: The government does not want Manurega to expand because the kind of things that they have introduced in the last few years does show that they want Manurega to be as a very limited, very specific and very focused scheme. They've introduced Aadhaar-based payment system. They've made national mandatory mobile-based application attend- uh, attendance mandatory for Manrega. They have, they're also now, somebody was telling me, was looking at a, a kind of a, a face recognition for Manrega workers every day. So these are the steps where you weed out all the ineligible, all all, the, all, all the people who are not exactly the beneficiaries of the scheme, but do get into the system somehow. So from that point of view, I don't think whether they will increase the uh, budgetary allocation upfront
5: clearly sanjeev mukherjee is doubtful about the government increasing mg narega allocation given the challenges involved the government will have to carefully select the measures it could announce for the rural sector in the interim
2: budget so what has happened is that rural real rural wage growth hasn't been very very great in the last 3 4 years uh, means my, i if it, the data shows it is almost last 5 years it has been very not very huge growth in real rural wages So what the government can look at is that pushing in or pumping in money where these wages are, where this labor gets absorbed more efficiently, like what they have been doing for last uh, several years, like pumping more money into the drinking water scheme, pumping more money into the rural housing scheme. The rural housing scheme last year, they, they pumped in substantial amount of money. They might again look it to top it up so that more casual, manual, casual labor gets absorbed into these kind of works. Something on those lines can be attempted where the infrastructure gets created in the rural areas, as well as the casual manual labour, the labour who works in fields for uh, very pity amounts, get absorbed uh, in, in in these kind of works. So my understanding is they might continue with those, these things because this is their focus area as well. Even
5: if the government does ultimately bring in a special package for rural India in the upcoming interim budget, A K Bhattacharya stresses that it will still ensure that electoral compulsions do not compromise its fiscal consolidation plan.
0: Investors and financial markets too keenly watch every budget announcement. Meanwhile, key benchmark indices are going through some volatility. From a record high of 22,124, the Nifty has slipped nearly 4% amid frequent bouts of profit-taking owing to Q3 earnings. Technically, the Nifty is seen quoting below its 20-day moving average for the first time since early November 2023. With the union budget drawing close, will the markets bounce back and see a pre-budget rally? Rex Cano speaks to experts to find out.
6: The interim budget for FY25 will be presented on Thursday, 1st February. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman has hinted that there may not be any big announcements, but experts still believe there could be some key promises as the government is unlikely to derail from its path of fiscal prudence. Equity markets on their part have been volatile of late on account of global queues and Q3 earnings. The Nifty hit a new summit at 22,124 on January 16, but thereafter declined and is down around 2% so far this month. Technically, it has been languishing below its short term for the last six trading sessions, that is, the 20-day simple moving average, which stands at 21,628. The index, however, is firmly holding above other key averages, such as the 50, 100 and the 200 DMAs. Historically, the Nifty Index failed to deliver any meaningful pre-budget rally. In the past five years, the average return between January 26 and 31 has been negative 1.4%. So will the markets change their course this time?
2: Going ahead as we are entering into the interim budget, uh, we expect the volatility to remain high uh, at least in the near future with uh, 21,700, 22,000 being the strong resistance area for the index and in case there will be any further profit taking 20,800-21,000 will be the area uh, uh, of cushion where we might again see some uh, you know, buying interest emerging. Uh, so the ideal approach at least uh, you know in the broader analysis to uh, book uh, profits around the current levels and let these uh, indices witness some consolidation so that the, uh, you know, overbought reading uh, subside and we see some, uh, you know, next leg of the up move.
6: As an investment strategy, analysts advise investors to exercise caution even across sectoral indices. All the indices are in
2: overbought zone. That means some correction is expected down the line. That is before budget or post budget. The best time to accumulate banking index would be 42,800 to 42,100. If it trades around this range, it it is a best buy to accumulate uh, as an opportunist investor. Capital goods currently trading at around 57,000. Watch for 55,200 levels. If 55,200 levels has been broken, then support is expected around 52,300 to 52,350 zone. The nifty infra which is currently trading at around 7700 watch for the level of 7400 if it breaks 7400 then the next support directly would come around 6650
6: clearly equity markets are in a state of consolidation where subpar q3 earnings have made it tough for a pre-budget rally in the week ahead, apart from the interim budget, the US Federal Reserve's policy meeting outcome on 31st January shall guide the market sentiment. On 29th January, Bajaj Finance, BPCL, Vodafone Idea ITC, and NTPC will announce their Q3 earnings.
3: He's making plans
6: for an early
3: retirement. Business standard.
0: India's stock market has overtaken Hong Kong's to become fourth biggest equity market globally for the first time. Moving on, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has announced Pradhan Mantri Suryoday Yojana under which the government will provide rooftop solar power systems to 10 million households across the country. Ayush Misha tells more about the scheme. Soon after inaugurating Ram Temple in Ayodhya, Prime Minister Narendra Modi announced a big scheme to give a push to the country's ambitious renewable energy plans. PM Modi announced Pradhan Mantri Suryade Yojana. This ambitious scheme aims to install rooftop solar systems in 10 million households of the country. The Prime Minister emphasized that this initiative would not only lower the electricity expenses for the poor and middle class, but also contribute to India's aim for achieving self-reliance in the energy sector. Under this scheme, the centre will give 40% subsidy on the installation of solar panels with a 3 kilowatt capacity. This subsidy will come down to 20% in case you opt for a larger capacity of 10 kilowatts. Prime Minister Modi has directed the launch of an extensive national campaign to encourage widespread adoption of rooftop solar among residential consumers. But it is not clear if it will be integrated into the government's existing Rooftop Solar Program or RTS or introduced as a new scheme. The government launched its inaugural solar scheme with an ambitious target of reaching 1 gigawatt of solar power by 2022. However, as the deadline approached, it became apparent that India would not meet its objectives. By 2022, the country had only generated 63.3 gigawatt of solar power capacity, significantly below the initial target. Additionally, the goal of achieving 40 gigawatt of rooftop solar power by 2022 was not realised. Instead, by the close of 2023, the country had only accomplished a modest 11 gigawatt of rooftop solar energy generation. Solar energy will be crucial in achieving the goal of generating 500 gigawatt of renewable energy by 2030, a significant step for India in decreasing reliance on fossil fuels and addressing climate change. The newly introduced PM Yojana will help meet this target. The Ministry of New and Renewable Energy, or MNRE, is set to release guidelines for the scheme shortly.
3: Trusted bank, SBI, the banker, to every
0: this scheme will also help states save power subsidy bills and improve the financial health of power distribution companies. Well, that is all for today. For more news, views and analysis, please log on to business-standard.com. For more news, views and updates. Subscribe to Business Standard on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Also follow us on YouTube, Vimeo, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn.